you telling me there's no spider fucking here? <laughs> uh, I want my money back. And gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual Zoom studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Good, good. Fantastic. Fucking hot, hot and muggy. Yeah. Starting, starting to get a bit of a sweat patch between my titties. <laughs> uh, if there was a breeze, it would be really nice because I'd have like a, a channel coming up here through my collar. Yeah. A nice cool channel, but there is no breeze. So I'm just fucking. You just have to create your own breeze. I'm what I'm, I can do. Classy start to the show. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, there's no breeze here either. I'm sitting in a friggin' closet, basically, and yeah, nothing here either. It's time um, to come out of the closet, Jake. <laughs> that's all right. I think I need to. Um, big night of tennis last night. Everyone's pretty tired. Uh, we all sat through it. We've just been debriefing yeah. about it. We should have recorded our debrief. Um, but mm, to, to quickly. Quickly recap, good game. Good match all round. Excellent game. Great game. Couple Probably of class final games of the tournament. Where does it rank up there for you with games of tennis that you've watched? Where does it rank up there with sporting games that you've watched? Sambo, you said you messaged um, late last night and said maybe one of the most intense sporting events I've ever witnessed. I think so. I think so. It's certainly one of, like I certainly yeah. wouldn't say the most, but definitely Thanks, one of Chris. up there with up there. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd, you'd have to ask the, uh, the people with more authority on, on what is intense and how you're going to define that. And uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be guessing at this point and certainly, certainly wouldn't like to, wouldn't want to say anything that misleads you. <laughs> uh, Chris Scott, everyone. Lovely to have him on the show. Yep. Um, Look, yes, it was very intense. I enjoyed it greatly. Look, the only games of tennis that I can remember being that intense was there was one with Leighton back in the day, mm-hmm. the old comeback kid. I remember watching that at Nan and Pa's, old Nan and Pa Frampton over the over the road, probably with some fucking some pasta or some panacalty um, uh, <laughs> for dinner and some some shandies. Watching, I remember that there was a game. No fucking clue who he was playing. It was probably fucking Nadal. I think it he's, was. He's been around that long. He's been around that long at this point. It was probably Nadal, and it really, it was. Leighton was down. He did the the inverse of last night. He came back. I remember he came storming back, and then kind of just choked in the in the fifth, and you could just feel it going. Come on, um, going downhill. But I remember that one being really intense. Um, and I remember some some Nadal v Federer games that I've watched mm. being being really fucking. Um, cracking but this one was yeah this one was next level first one in a few years that's really uh as i mentioned to you guys we Loz and i watched most of the most of the tawny um but this this game really yeah demanded some attention what about you john anything else sort of like what are you most like intense sporting moments where does this one rank up with it's up there i'll still think the uh 2009 grand final that was it's exactly what i was very tense that was probably the most tense sporting experience i've had seen um been a part of watched and all that but this one this one was up there it was um but and it's also up there as one of the better sporting games i've been able to witness i mean you can't you can't really write it better in terms of like drawing and keeping a crowd Mm. that one guy's gonna fucking smash it out the gate the other guy's gonna then wake up and smash him and then they're both gonna start playing and it's just gonna like fly to the end and you just, just don't know when and when the wheels are gonna fall off no it was like ah, oh, there's only one Nadal only needs to get that one more game and he'll be right and then Medvedev gets that wins that game and breaks Nadal and you're like oh shit yeah Nadal has to break him which he does and then it's like to and fro in the last set, last game, but Nadal was just too good in the last game. I thought it was going to be down to the wire. Yeah, juice and oh man, I don't, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have handled a fucking tiebreaker. No, nah. no, I couldn't, Nadal, have, I couldn't have coped. <laughs> Nadal's class came out in, in that last game. 
Yes. I, I think um I don't think I've ever watched a game of tennis with more more breaks. Like oh. I think I said that when I was watching. I was like, I don't think I've watched a game of tennis where serving means so little. Yeah. And 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 double faults. I don't know if it was just me. Yes. There, there was five for each guy, so ten for the match. I thought that was a pretty high number of like giveaway is, points on serve. I, I that, yeah, that sort of stunned. Yeah, me. well, I think I probably. I mean, the the intensity would, would do it. I know that they 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 suffered through essentially like three different um, weather conditions out there because I think it started really freaking hot. In the sun, I think when the sun was starting, and then as the sun went down, it got really muggy, and they were dealing with a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of moisture in the air. And then it got really apparently it really turned and got really cold. <laughs> um, and that can, and there was obviously a bit of rain on the court in that middle period where it was really muggy. <laughs> uh, and as, as, um, as one of the commentators, I think it was, it was Todd in the, in the commentary box said, uh, advised us all that white, uh, that wet shorts. And are no good for balls. So that's something I learned <laughs> last night. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. And this this goes to show why uh, Auntie our humor comes from Auntie Joe, because it was actually Auntie Joe that messaged me that. She messaged me goes, Did Todd just say that wet shorts are no good for balls? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I was like, we'll man. have to defer to the expert there, Todd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that made a big difference to the serving, I imagine, because I know I know that the balls are affected by different weathers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. weathers and and various degrees of humidity. But apparently, those two are statistically some of the best breakers in tennis. Not necessarily the best two best servers, but two of the best breakers. So I think that's why it was kind of just like it didn't really matter whose service it was. It was just like who's going to win this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and then um, you saw those ones where they'll just go, "Well, there's no point winning this game. I'm a break up." I'm going to my serve. They just let it like a love yeah. game would go past. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Imagine <laughs> if they tried to win every game. We would have been there at like three o'clock in the morning. Fuck me. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, and side note, glad that old Jim Curry is still stuck around. Um, mm. The the human baby. Uh, like the uh, the adult baby <laughs> <laughs> sort of looks the like human, a baby. <laughs> the human baby. Adult, adult like, baby. A lot, of ba- a lot of babies are human, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a baby in like um, men's clothes. Um, yeah. All right. Speaking of tight games, we've got one to get into. Um, and if you want a full recap of the, the tennis, Ash Barty one, go over and uh, have a listen to the Jake Botel Sports Experience <laughs> half an hour Aussie Open recap. There you go. That's my other podcast. Bit of a fucking plug, plug there for you. and fucking dusted. All right, cats v lions. <laughs> We should say congrats to Ash Barty as well, winning the uh, Oz Open for the women's singles, first time in 44 years or something. Mm. Hell of an achievement. So not as not as intense as Rafa's and Nadal. She, she could look, she could have she could have let Collins come back a little bit. She could have made it more <laughs> exciting. That's all I'll say. She could have just played it for the cameras a little more. <laughs> I think she did. She didn't have to demolish it. <laughs> I was gonna I watch it, but it was done by the time let, I was gonna tune in. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It's just sort of let her come back in. I was like, oh, this could get interesting. And it was over. Yeah, her toughest, toughest game all, all tournament was still only fucking two sets. That's, and I, over, over in about 45 minutes. That's actually legitimately my entire experience trying to watch Ash Barty this year at the Open yeah. is, well, I haven't quite caught the start of it. Um, I'll grab some dinner. I'll tune in for, you know, the second or third set. And by the time I tune in, it's over. I've had it happen like yep. you know three or four times when I've thought I'll sit down and watch Ash Barty play, be a part mm. of the Barty party. But anyway, um, let's now. I believe Ash Barty played some some cricket in T Twenty for the Brisbane Heat. So let's trans transfer our way all the way up to Brisbane for some footy. There's a fucking reach. Ash, Barty, well, Jake, Ash, Barty's a, Ash Barty's a big fan and a very good football player, apparently. So yes. there, was a, there was a much, there was an easily oh. clear, clear segue there to buy that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll put it in my notes for next we should time. Actually, just um, letting you know, next time you want to transition from, from Barty to the football, I just want you to know that there's there's a more economical way to get there. <laughs> so cats travel Remember up that to next year. I will. <laughs> I'll file away. Cats traveled up to Maruchidor, traveled up on the day. Now that sort of that shit 
sucks. You know, you're traveling up, flying up by plane on the day. I don't imagine you get off going, I feel like playing a game of footy after a little plane trip personally. But anyway, um, the Cats headed to Queensland, take on the reigning premiers, the Brisbane Lions, who had roared back into form after smashing the Blues 63-28 to after they'd had a couple of weeks off due to COVID-related postponement. Uh, the Cats were still searching for a first win of the season, and it was those Cats who got the first score of note via boom recruit Chantel Emanson, who floated forward to mark inside 50 on a counter-attack kicking truly from the resultant set shot. Thereafter, the Lions rolled a mauling wave of pressure over the visiting Geelong side, laying 65 tackles to 40 for the afternoon and taking the ball inside 50 on 38 occasion to Geelong's 12. Despite facing enormous pressure, uh, Geelong's backline stoically repelled wave after wave of attack and with the Lions kicking radar off, the Cats headed for halftime, trailing just 10 to 6. The Lions looked to put the Cats to the sword in the second half, but could only add an inaccurate 2-5-17 to their first half tally. Uh, but despite that in- inaccuracy, they sort of looked to be headed for a multi-score victory, um, to, to be honest. Um, but this Geelong team is different to the Geelong team of 2021 and they kept at the task, finally got reward for effort when Chloe Shear gold just before three quarter time, leaving the cats to trail by just seven points headed for the final term. The Lions were able to push their advantage out to more than two goals before the cats came to life in attack late with former crow Chloe Shear nailing a beautiful banana kick from a set shot and another set shot from a free kick to narrow the margin to just a few points with not long left. Shear had the opportunity to kick a match winner with just minutes to go in the game, but she pushed her set shot wide. That allowed Brisbane to soak up the remaining time and cling on to a two-point victory, even as Geelong went inside 50 on the final kick of the game. Left the Cats staring down an 0-4 record through the opening month of the season. Uh, But Chaps, a weird game but a game that we could take a lot of progress from for the Cats, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, another tough loss to swallow for the girls, I would feel, mm. especially this one after they played exceptional football for the whole game. Like Even when they weren't attacking the defence, led by Megatron, was just outstanding. They absorbed everything the Lions threw at them and the, the Lions didn't really get good entry into the Ford 50 pardon, thanks to the Cats defence setup. but yeah I feel like they will be ruining this I won't say ruining this miss because I feel like they'll be disappointed that they weren't able to get the win but also take a lot of damn confidence out of this going down by two points to last year's premiers, especially after they came off a big win last week against Carlton. Mm. So I feel like this is a sort of a big, big uh, boost. I feel like they can take a lot of confidence out of it as well, as they should, especially the coach. I feel like he would be able to really get them out of that feeling of bugger, another one gone, another one lost, another opportunity out the window. I feel like he'd be able to just go, you know, Look at the progress you've made through this whole year, through all this, with all these new girls coming through as well. It's impressive and something not to sniff at, but you took it up to the premiers the whole game. It wasn't a point where Lions looked comfortable at all under the Cats' immense pressure. Yeah, and it's, inter- it's interesting. I, I felt like that. I messaged, I don't know if I messaged both of you, or it was just in me and Jake's private group message, but when they... um. I think it might have been just Jake because I think you you weren't watching it live, were you? You were watching it on. No, I was watching. I was two quarters behind when I started. I may have I may have messaged um, just Jake then, but I sort of said they looked shattered at the end, like they Mm. were all like on the ground, like, and I kind of went like, you know, they shouldn't be. Nothing, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Like they came away so well, but I've kind of wrestled with that and had a thought, think about it, and kind of going, it's actually a really good sign that I think, I think this is how it should be. I think we the fans should be positive 
we should come away looking at the, the good things that they did and like really looking to the future and going, they're going to get so much better. But I think as, as far as the players, you don't want them to beat themselves up, but it's really good that that group of players went, fuck, we didn't beat the premiers. Mm. That, that, that shows where their hunger is and where their expectations are, that they are, that they are not taking that as a win. They're taking a, a you know, a <laughs> marginal loss to last year's premiers as a, as a real kick in the kick in the teeth, you know, like it's, mm. it's, it's, it's good. Like it's, it feels weird to say, cause like I said, I was really, it really, you know, bummed me out that they were being that hard on themselves at the end that I kind of expected them to be hyped. Cause I kind of felt hyped because of how close we were. Mm. I kind of thought that they would be hyped, but it's, as I, said, I think it's actually a, it's a really good sign of where this team sees themselves by the end of the year or, you know, even by the end of next year or whatever. I, I thought too, one takeaway for me um, from this match was I, I personally didn't feel like the Cats played that well. Um, I, I probably would have ranked this as maybe their third best performance of the year in most areas. I think it was their best um, performance in terms of converting up forward and they had a really good defensive setup. But I thought the midfield you know, and around the ground, they were under the pump all day. Like Brisbane won a lot of the footy. They smashed Geelong in the ruck. Um, I think it was 40 to 12 in the ruck, smashed them in the clearances, smashed them inside 50. I thought there was a pretty clear um, sort of delineation of, you could see the progress that Brisbane's, you know, players have made. There's like a real foundation uh, you know, there's that premiership foundation that, that they are that much more advanced than the cats in terms of doing all the basic things all the time. But my takeaway was we lost by two points, you know, mm. like that to me shows the progress of the team. Like we might've played our, as I say, across the board, maybe only, you know, our third best performance of the year and lost by two and had a chance to win it at the end. Like that, is insane. And just to contextualize the four weeks through four weeks last year, we'd lost by a combined margin of 135 points this year in four weeks, we've lost by a combined margin of 35. So exactly a hundred point turnaround across the Mm. first month of the season, which is pretty (laughs) insane. That's huge. I, to, to, to sort of get into the the midfield part of things, do it. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd go as far as third best from a personal point of view, but 100 percent. Like I don't know if I'd. It's sort of hard to quantify it to that level. Um, yeah. Statistically, it might you know that might back it up. I haven't looked at the statistics. <laughs> That's why it's hard to quantify it. Um, but I think that Morrison being out, I think we for, for a player that's only just come back. It's, it's a massive loss every time she's out. Like it just, it's, it, she just has that innate thing, that innate, she's a she's leadership, hunger, drive, speed, vision, t- technical ability. Like it's such a, for a player that's only played a handful of games for us, it feels like we're, we're missing one of those Jenga pieces when she's not yes. in. Um, and that's a big thing. Cause that, you know, taking her out of the mid, midfield, I feel like, you know, when she's in there, what she adds is immense. I feel like, um, I feel like Kearns needs needs a, a confidence boost. I feel like as we as we were talking, uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before that her her in games she seems like towards the end of the game she seems to start to lose lose her cool a little bit. Like she's putting in all this effort and not getting any reward and getting really frustrated and down on herself. And I feel like for the whole game she was in that kind of headspace. She was sort of sort of overthinking things, um, just not looking at the 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 simple options and kind of trying to like do more than she had to. A bit of a bit of a narkle situation, I felt, yeah. um, in terms of like really seemed to be trying to like do something spectacular every time. And I think that that's just a bit of a head game, a bit of a confidence thing that she's, you know, if she can get a couple of goals or like you know, one of these runs that she tries to do just really comes off and she sets a go- uh, sets up a goal. Like those kinds of things will like really boost her confidence and allow her to f- sort of feel like she can look around, take a little, take a breath or two sometimes. Um, and then thirdly, I would have said Crockett Grill still hasn't come back full, like since, since being out, just doesn't seem quite the same. Um, 
you know, came like it was last week, came back with a mm-hmm. quiet game and then gave away the 50, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It was, was, was sort of the, the, the major impact on the game. And then this week was kind of, yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's still a niggling in- injury, if it's a bit of a Gary Rowan sort of just still like that fraction of a moment's um, e- extra thought. Um, but those, those three elements, I think, are the, are the ones that really kind of marked it differently for me in that midfield, in that midfield realm. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely having Morris out doesn't help. Um, maybe it was the flight and playing on the same day. Maybe they were a bit worried that that may have had a negative impact on injuries that she's had in the past or something. There was some reason. Was, I'm sure there's some reason why they didn't. Picker because I felt like that she was definitely ready to go. Um, I thought it was. I thought, I, it was I, was say, I thought she I, still I... had a calf. Yeah, I thought she was out. Admitted calf with, injury. Yeah, oh. admitted with a calf injury from last week. I think. Jeez, just just can't catch a break. I know. Hopefully that this coming week. Um, and maybe Kearns. Maybe maybe Kearns. Maybe she just needs a possibly a week off just to reset her head. Maybe just to go back to the training pitch. That having stress about playing a, a game, um, settle settle down a bit, learn a bit more about the, the game and whatnot. And Crockett Reels, I think she'll she'll get definitely better as time goes on, and hopefully the lingering effects of whatever happened to her when she was off. Uh, I think it was COVID related. Maybe yep. she's still having okay. a few symptoms from that, just mm. affecting her maybe. Yeah, it could be. It's always a weird thing coming it back, from, coming back from um, you know, any any kind of hiatus because you feel yeah. like you really need to make your mark, and you're just not at that. You know, when you've played however many weeks all together as a unit, you just develop that sort of. You know, I mean, you've got the long-standing history, but then within a season, you you sort of develop that ongoing shorthand between all the players, and when you when you've come back into the squad and also other players have gone out since you've come in and you just, it's, it can be tough to, tough to find your feet. Jake. I wonder if with Kearns, sorry, Jake, I'll just quickly, yeah, yeah, you go I'm for just going to say, I wonder if with Kearns, either, as you say, John, like a, 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 a bit of a rest, a bit of a, bit of a, um, uh, what's the word? Like a bit of a, like a crash course, like it's mm-hmm. a week to really watch and focus, focus on, on the how and the technical aspect, or if there's a way that they can, like a position, some kind of spot that they can put her on the ground where her role is just to do the simple things, you know, just get more game time where the ball doesn't come to you and you're not, they're not expecting you to run the ball up the field and kick a goal from 50 or set up a goal. Like just, I really want to see from her because we're seeing all this promise and all this spark and all this fire and all that stuff that's really good. I really just want to see a hand pass or a kick to a, mm. to, or a kick to someone's chest. Like just a yes. couple of like, pick it up, hit your target. Like, and I, and I, and I feel like that can come from a break and a bit of, bit of, you know, extra education and, and some more training. Um, but then you got to do it on, under pressure. And I, I really feel like they need to like send her out with the task of just get the ball, hit the first, hit the first jumper you see. Just like lay it, lay it off quick. Get that real game time experience of, you know, I mean, we all know wherever, wherever you play, whatever sport it is, those first few touches during a game are where your nerves settle. So if your first yeah. touch is picking it up and going for a run and getting run down, tackled, and giving away a free kick, mm. you're playing catch up for the rest of the game. <laughs> I think with with Kearns, like something I've noticed um, and having watched a bit of like, quite you know quite a bit of Gaelic football the last couple of months like that is such a first instinct of those players get the ball and run you know get Mm -hmm. the ball and run and take players on and I think one thing that I sort of noticed is she's listed in the in the starting lineup you know as a as a forward or a half forward um and I'm not saying you can't apply pressure up the ground but there were a lot of instances I thought where the ball was sort of up on the wing, say on the, on the broadcast side. So, you know, the, the ball is sort of underneath where you're looking as a, as, as a viewer and Kearns is chasing from the back across towards the action. 
you know, trailing the action from way across the other side of the field to try and, you know, come across and make a tackle. And I, I think that's like, and again, I don't know all the tactical ins and outs of what they want players to do, but to me, it's a really different proposition when Kearns gets the ball, say, on the wing and she gets it and tries to take off and run and she gets tackled down. Different proposition if you're a defender inside the 50 and Kearns gets the ball and takes off towards goal, suddenly you're really a bit nervous that she's going to burn you and kick a goal. I just wonder if they wouldn't be better sort of localizing her area of responsibility a bit and saying, don't mm. get dragged down the ground. Don't get dragged away from the areas where you can be dangerous. Like what we want you to do is to target tackles inside 50 in and around the 50. I just, I just saw a few times where she was sort of running around trailing the play by like 15 meters with the right idea in mind, but the, you know, to, to help the team and make a tackle, but this goes back to stuff you talked about last season, Sam with Georgie Rankin Rankin's a player that knows when it's her turn to go and when it's her turn to play her role off the ball and get in a good mm-hmm. position to be used by a teammate. I just, just thought there was some moments on the weekend where I felt like Kearns was getting, when Monty was getting sort mm. of pulled out of position with the right intention, but maybe just yeah. needs to be told, don't know when it's your turn to go and know when it's time to let your teammates do their job. And maybe that's where Monty just needs that, maybe that week off where they show her the last four games, then go, these are the areas we've done really well. These are the areas where you can improve and they just show that running 20, 30 metres to impact a contest isn't maybe the right thing. Maybe if you peel off, go around mm. or up and run up to a spot that's open and they just mm. sit it down and go through the last, like her first month, mm. go tell her what she's done really well, what she can improve on, go through the training over the weekend, through the week. So then when she goes back in the next in the next round, she learns what she's doing really well, what she can improve on, and what she sort of needs to get out of, sort of train out of her game and what that no, running, gut running to get into the contest where she's, by the time she gets there, the ball's moved on. And maybe just think like, it's, it's there, they've got, the opposition's got a whole lot of players. If I peel off towards their attack, I might be at the intercept. A ball. If we've got more players, I can peel off into the fifty and hopefully be open and get that ball. And I think, yeah, I think all things that I think would work benefit her. And and even, even sh- showing showing some games where you've got really good evidence of a of a like player, mm. like say watch number whatever, watch this whole game or this highlight reel, and just watch just watch this player. Look what they do, and you know, do, not only not only show her maybe you know. Uh, you know where where she maybe has erred, but also like the ideal of what she could do, mm. um, and also just and not even necessarily always specific. Like here you did this, you should do this, but just showing the ideal and putting yeah. those ideas in her head of like, oh, these are ideas I can do. Mm. Um, she'd be she'd be a great tagger too. Like yeah, like again, like if you that that I don't think would develop her skills as much. It would develop yeah. her understanding of the game though. Like following Just, a really dangerous because you would put it on a really dangerous player. She would be following them, literally seeing where they go yeah. the whole game. Um, I think that would develop her understanding of, of the field and the and the space um, and and how to lose a defender because she'd be trying to stop that happening. Um, but also, yeah, I would I would sort of go, following on from you, from what you said, Jake. I would like I'd back her to to, to like for them to put her like more localizer up, up forward. Like I, I think judging by what we've seen of her kick, I think she'd be, if she knew her job was to smash some people and pick up the ball and go for goal. Mm. I think she'd be, I think she'd be getting on the board. She, I don't think we'd be looking at five goals in a game. We'd probably be looking at something like one and four, one and five. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think she'd be having a, a lot of red hot goes because of that clarity of purpose. Yeah. That, that big, big fucking target instead of like I've picked up the ball. Now I've got to like this whole field and all these players that I can choose from. 
Yeah, well, I'm actually, run and burst and do yes. all that, which is great. But yeah, and, and just mind. smash the packs. You know, like yeah. we, we said, when you see her, like like you were talking about floating around, Jake, and then coming in a little to the lake. Just doing that in the forward fifty is just much more effective than doing it in between the two fifties. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're just putting pressure on, you're creating more chance of mistakes, possibly more getting chance of holding the ball if yeah. that's a rule inside forward fifty. <laughs> oh, we don't yeah, know. Let's, let's hmm. get on to that. Jesus Fuck, I thought no. I wasn't going to mention it. Um, <laughs> Move on, quick. Move on. I, I will say I put a tweet up about it, and we got a lot of positive response, a lot of affirmative, uh, affirmative responses from from people out there. Um, about the nice. about the holding the ball. Yeah, that it just doesn't exist I'm, inside. I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to mention the people with whistles because that's what I promised. Yep. But I will sp- single out. The Featherston tackle. Oh, oh the most textbook holding the ball I've ever fucking seen in my life. No. Uh, anyway, what a, absolute. Uh, even you know it's a, you know it's a holding the ball perfect tackle. Even even the commentators are going, that's not a free kick. Yeah, and again, this isn't mentioning the umpires. This is mentioning the broadcast. Where are my replays? Yeah, we, we got no replays of. Either either Chloe Shear free kick, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, I mean, and she got very, very important free kicks. Like, mm. I get you're not going to do it for all of them because, you know, it's time and money and editing and, you know, it's it's it, it adds complexity. But if you're just making sure you replay everything in the Ford 50 or something, like everything that leads to a goal, after the goal, I don't care. You don't have to slot it in. Like mm. mid mid gameplay, just do it as they run back. I like I have no idea what she got half those free kicks for, <laughs> or, or both those key free kicks for, and they went our way. And I'm still like, I'd like to know. I'd like to see that. And that was something that I thought was I, imp- impressive. Oh, sorry, you, you go, John. I was, I was just going to say we should move on from. That. Yeah, let's do it. Let's we do it. Let's uh, move on. Say Cl- we want to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, I said I wasn't talking about the umpiring. This isn't the no. umpiring. This is the fucking broadcast. There are so many things, like, as far as the game, (laughs) it needs to be longer. These games go too quickly, and if that's because the players aren't paid, then we need to hurry up and pay the players because these go past in about 90 minutes um, that we're not stopping the clock, you know, at at crucial times. Um, You know, we're just bleeding the clock away while we're waiting for people to reset. It's, It's not on. We need to find a way. Um, because sometimes it just feels like I don't know. It ruins part of the competitive integrity of it, or something like where you've suddenly lost eight minutes of of a quarter uh, because there's been no stoppage in play. It's like I don't know. People just go, "Oh, they don't kick as many goals as the men's." It's because they play for about half as long. If you actually look at the game time, you know. Anyway, I've fucking beat this dead horse for long enough um I, I will combine all these dead horses i'll combine all these dead horses for a minute and say it sends out it Do sends it. out the impression that it doesn't fucking matter yes exactly. you're if you're not cracking down on the umpiring if you're not broadcasting as close to the level of the of the afl m as you can like i understand yeah. like the game on the weekend was you know the the camera angle was shit i so understand that they don't have the facilities to, to get it up high. Like, I mean, you do have fucking facilities. Rent a fucking cherry picker and go. <laughs> like, like drone, drones yeah. are like 500 fucking bucks. Um, anyway, I, I understand that, but they don't do that. They, and they're not showing replays for important things. Like, it's, it gives the, in, in the impression that it doesn't matter. But it's like, I oh, just move on. Who gives a shit? Like, they're letting the clock bleed sometimes, not other times. It's all just this, and it, and it, a small tangent of like, it was a positive thing, but it leads into that as well. Is just that we watched. It's the first game that's of the season that's been on when the kids have been up, mm-hmm. uh, and and Bear is slightly older, like he's older now than when the the men were playing. He wasn't really didn't really give a crap beyond me dressing him in Geelong <laughs> colours and, <laughs> and saying you're a cats man. Whereas this one, he's a little bit more like when people jump, when people run, tackle. Like it's, it didn't watch the whole thing, but it, he was certainly more into it, into it than he was. And it just, it, it was, it was such a good moment for me to go when by the time he's fifteen, like he started already with the AFLW. It's going to be like, 
a complete non-issue to him. It's not going to be yeah. special that women play, women have their own league. And that's a good thing. That it's just taken for granted. AFL is AFL is for men and women. Like that's just such a well. Hopefully, you know, that's a good thing. Fifteen years old. Not hopefully, but by then it should be a fully professional sport. It will be. I have no doubt. I have no yes. doubt it will be at that level. But that right. leads me just back to the other thing of like, if it doesn't happen soon, we're risking creating another generation of morons who go who think yeah. it's different. Who, yeah. who think one's be- one's better and the other one's just a curtain raiser for the other. Like we need the 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 output from the people like in charge needs to be like meeting the expectations of where it's going to be. Otherwise, yeah. why will it move forward? Yeah, you know, if you just accept it what it is and yeah. go, ah, it's the best they can do. It it it's not going to like it's not going to grow. And these the women are going to be getting better and better and better, yeah. and they're still going to be playing with camera angles that are basically someone's eye view with no Home fucking replay. 10, 10 games a year because for some could, reason they're not allowed to play every single team. Not not once. play for as long. Well and and the and the you know that brings us back to our argument. The men's season's too long, the women's season's too short, the men's games go just too chop long. off chop off some budget. Take it yeah. all just like a little simple fix back to the shift, middle. Shift the money. Shift Both the money. seasons Everyone plays each other once, yeah. like Mesha's said before. You play a team at home next year, play them away. It's how simple is that? It's not that um, fucking hard. How can we work it out? Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just the same. The same as the same as the lack of goals in the in the AFLW makes each goal more exciting. Less yes. games in the men's will make each game more exciting. It won't be this bludgeoning of fucking yeah. content so by the end of the year you're like wait when did we play the Saints which game was this I can't oh, how much did we beat them by 22, oh, 22 games is absurd it's too long and then you got the finals I'll say this if you Fuck play it. everyone each 17 games in a season more than enough more than yeah. enough and then you get the finals you're up to what 22 games yeah if you get all the, the way finals. through or yeah 21 20. Yeah. oh yeah in terms of rounds yeah exactly in, yeah it's plenty of, that's perfect and none of this fucking three weeks of buys where half the teams are playing oh. anyway we've been on about this before i've, I've got two more <laughs> two good. More. we're getting new listeners we are going up in the world we need to remind yeah. people of the things that fucking grind our gears the um the we thing too a, is, we should have a section what grinds your gears yeah. it, Speaking about expectations, Sam, I think that's what it is. We have to play to higher expectations, as in, like you said, the Cats women's team would were crushed that they lost. They weren't going, oh, well, we improved. They were crushed that they missed an opportunity to win. And that is really good for the future of the team and the future of the league, that it's not just like, oh, let's just, you know, have a bit of a clap. We did all um, right, didn't we? We got close. No, they, be crushed. They tried their lost. best. And they tried the girl, the girls, they tried their best. That's right. Mm. They tried. No, they, they, tried. they need to set high expectations. I'm glad that we're not, I feel like our dissecting of the game has improved since last year in that mm. last year, I felt like we tended to always skew positive. I'm glad that we're looking at players who are doing well. And I'm glad that we're looking at players who are having more of a struggle at times. I think that's part mm. of the game. It's part of raising our own expectations for our our analysis, I guess. Yes, and absolutely. We we're, we're of- trying to level up, and but again, they're leveling up because the closer you get, like if you know, if someone's if someone walks past a mountain, you, you you're not going to accuse them of not making it to the top. Yeah, <laughs> you know hey, what I mean. But when someone when someone gets halfway climbing? up, you're going to be like, oh, you're so close. Like just yeah. just push it a bit more next time. And if someone gets all the way to the top and then gives up, you'll be you'll be flabbergasted you know what yeah. i mean so it's yeah. the 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 not the harsher but the more um it's the more it's, crushed we are at the end of the at the end of the the losses it's a it's a great sign because i could have carried on like last year they could have carried on like last year i would have had a great time coming here talking to you guys about how awesome it is that we've got the aflw and you know they they all trying so hard and they're, and they're getting better and it's fun and it's it's great all those nah. things would have been fun but it's it's not enough for them, and that's good. It's it's, it's, it's you know like, it's getting like closer and closer every year. But you know, as long as the peripheral people keep treating it like it's like it's not like it doesn't matter, 
then it's it's going to be really hard for for them to get the reward that they are owed for all this fucking hard work. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like you were saying before. They're playing. They've got to look to their expectations of it's going to be huge in the next few years, just like we are with our, our mm. analysts' thoughts on it and their expectation on the players. We're getting our expectation of the players each year is going to go up because. You know, they're playing more and they're getting better each year. And I feel like we'll get with right this, which a bit more critical on players and whatnot. But because, you know, the more they play, the more professional they get, the more we, we can say, you know, you're not, these players aren't playing that well. Maybe they need to do this and that. But, and, and that's just looking towards the future of what these girls can do. And every year, they're getting better, like Megatron and that, and Crooked Grills. We know what they how good they are were last year, and we've seen how much better they are this year compared to last year. So, and accountability for the people in charge. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, everyone around the the game is trying to, you know, treat it as it should be treated. Well, the, I think the league has to step up the AFL as a body, as we've said. It's, it's time. It's time to put more money into this and people go, oh, they've got to earn it. As I said to someone, um, that when the men's game came through in the early, you know, 1900s or late 1800s, you know, as it made its move to professionalism, there was no other football league to compete with. There was no other pro football league to compete with. The men's league could suck up whatever resources that they needed and wanted. This is a different environment. This is why you have to make a deliberate um, move to section off an appropriate piece of the pie for the women's because the men could eat as much pie as they wanted. There was no other competitor. There was no other professional footy league. Um, final thoughts on this game, though, plus, boys. Wanted. Yes. I was just going to say, um, plus, I don't think that any of the girls playing would want to accept anything less than a fair go. And and the expectation on themselves, I think, would be getting so much higher every year. So they know what they they are deserved. Uh, I think the AFL doesn't know exactly what they deserve yet, but I think all the girls know, and they're playing for that. And tell you what, they deserve more this year than what they're getting. Yeah, absolutely. And next year, again, the same. Each year, they're playing a better brand of football, and I think it should just get more revenue, more game time, more games. I think next year they should just go straight to every team plays each other once because why not? What's, what's stopping it? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, uh, yeah, stick in the mud stuff, you know, and, and some weird attitudes. But um, yeah. final thoughts, I'm going to throw one thought to each of you. Um, Sambo, want your thoughts on Chloe Shear. Um, a little bit subdued through three games, but found her feet in the second half, gathered nine touches, one mark, kicked three goals, one. Disappointed probably to miss a shot. She'd usually back herself to make at the end, but great form for her to take into the rest of the season. Do you think she can be that goal-hungry forward that can be ruthless inside the attacking arc for the Cats? Uh, I do, and I think I think I said that to Johnny, didn't I? <laughs> didn't, yeah. I didn't I not say that to you? I think we were chatting somewhere. On, online or something and I, and I said I think I think we've found exactly what I um your Gary Rowan in there yes so exactly what Chloe I was Shear. Chloe Shear um yeah is is stepping up and showing real potential to be that um that player that target not not that we don't need a traditional tall I would like I would like a traditional tall, I don't know Barber. who out there. Yeah. <laughs> some some theoretical tall player that could come in and be a traditional. But I, I absolutely think Chloe Shear can be that one that like can can crumb, can pick it up off the pack, can can lay pressure inside the forward fifty, um, and and has an eye towards goal. Um, I'm not sure what you know, why it's been a slow, slow march back these last few weeks. Um, missed selection last week. Yeah, I think was she was. Week? I think she was managed. It was a health thing. They just they sat yeah. her for an extra week. 
So I don't know if she was maybe unwell or, you know, I don't think it related at all to that knock on the head in that in the early, early week. But, you know, just for whatever reason, blasted out of the gate and then hasn't quite been there, but then came back with a with an absolute vengeance this week. Um, and I think, yeah, could, could really be that player. If, can do, if she can do that consistently uh, and, you know, be that target and be that player that's going to win it and just look, look always for the goals, um, then I think we're going to see some really different results coming up really soon. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's, it's the one, like, as you said, Jake, maybe not our best game of the year but still came so freaking close. If we, if around the ground we played that well and then we had that forward pressure that we had this, this week, you know, if we combine the forward pressure this week with the round the ground play from the, from the prior weeks, um, I think we win that game. I think we win half the games that we've played so far without a doubt. Um, and my other, my, my other point would just be that I, wanted, I forgot to raise earlier, but it relates to Chloe Shear, that I feel like everything I asked for in the pregame, we got. I, had I, wanted, I wanted a target. I wanted I wanted Chloe Shear to kick some goals. I wanted a target. I I mean I said if we can't I wanted us to win, but I said if we can't win, I want some positives to come out of it. I want us to have learned some stuff, and I want us to kick a, kick the most goals we can. I want us mm. to come away and go. We didn't win, but we we've proved we can we can smash through a defense. And I think hey, um, I think all, all right. that happened. Fucking, are we getting good at buddy predicting? And just don't look at what we want, just, and just don't look at knowing. our don't look at our presence under the under the Katzmas tree from from because yeah. I think I think my as I said Nina Morrison being out was my last my last unless unless if Barber gets selected and somehow kicks enough to be in the top five goalkeepers <laughs> of the year that's my that's my last one that's alive which is. Well, I said pretty rough at the moment. I said someone from the Cats would break through and kick double figure goals. So we're someone's going to need to get a move on. Um, all right, she Johnny, she's at four, right? Oh, true. She she might do it. Actually, yeah. No, maybe I'm looking Come all right on. there. And another, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Johnny, the rookies all continue to develop. Prosparkus, Annabelle yep. Johnson, Zali Friswell, Gabby Featherston. Uh, with the four that sort of really stood out. Um, might have been a, the only four draftees. Oh, no, Fuller they took in the draft um, as well. Yes. What a, a quieter game for Fuller, though. She did make some good tackles. Um, Kate Darby actually led the way in the hitouts for the team. Um, but what, what what did you think? Out of those four, Prasparkas, Johnson, Friswell, and Featherston, who did you like? Anything stand out for you from that four-pack? Oh, I really like Featherston again this week. I like her working defence was really good, mm. fantastic. But I've put the pressure on. She, as you um, put in the stocks, just that gut feeling of she's going to be a footballer. And I think that stonks is arising fast each game. She's just looking like a footballer, looking like a complete defender, just tackling, smothering, manning up. Like there's a few times... Yeah, players can work her out and lose her, but that's experience. She's playing against some highly experienced players and, mm. you know, of course they're going to be able to know different ways to lose her and in the packs and whatnot. But I tell you what, that base is fantastic. She's got a good base and her ceiling is, I don't know, 50, 60 mm. stories tall. Yeah. I really like enjoyed her game this week and she definitely didn't get rewarded enough for that tackle. Yeah. Which then we ended up in a bloody Lions goal. It's, yeah, exactly. And, and like it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Like um, Featherston just three touches, a mark and a tackle. But it's, as I said, she's a player you want to watch because it's yeah. exciting whenever she gets near the footy and there's just the way she approaches the game is really exciting. I really liked Annabelle Johnson again, not a lot of the touches, um, like not maybe as many touches as last few weeks, but she gets seven disposals. But what I like is two marks, two tackles. So she's not a player that just gets, you know, half a dozen disposals and not a lot else. She's contributing with a mark or two. She's contributing with some tackles. I really, really like Annabelle Johnson. And I tweeted out from our account uh, last week that, I think we'll look back at this draft class of players as being a group that really built the core foundation of a, of a great Geelong Cats women's team. You can definitely see that with Johnson, Riswell, 
um, Prosparcus and um, Firstone, you can tell they're, they're the leaders, the future leaders of this group once Megatron, um, Amy McDonald, um, who else are Bar, not Barber, um, who else I'm seeing? Oh, Crooked Grills, Mick, Phoebe McWilliams, all those when they start moving, retire, start retiring, you can tell we've got that next level of young girls that are going to really just step up when the time's needed and they've, they've done well to catch up. They've got that future, eye to the future set nicely and have, you know, got the players to learn from experience and, you know, they're in safe hands with those, those girls and I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, let's do some MVP votes. Uh, Sambo, do you have your three twos and ones written down? Uh, I do. There's so many. I feel like I could have gone so many Tough different week. ways. Uh, this week. <laughs> I do. I, I did feel like Annabelle Johnson really, um, yeah, left an, imp- an impression. Again, maybe not on the stats sheet, but she's one of those players that you you often talk about. So I will take notice when she's near the, when she's near the ball. Um, and yeah, she did some did some really good stuff. Um, I think uh, I'm probably going to go my one to to Friswell. I'm actually going to give Friswell a bit of support because Friswell's the one that I messaged out. Was like someone needs Friswell in in, in their fantasy. I just think that mm. yeah. I, again, I, I'd be interested to know what, what the stats are, Jake. But I, and so maybe it's more of an eyeball thing. But I just feel like she's um, got composure beyond be, composure and vision beyond her uh, experience. Like nine, just really nine disposals, two marks, and a tackle. So pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That sounds about right. That sounds about where I thought. Um, I'm going to give two votes to, I want to give a shout out to Ivy and Darby um, just quickly, both on my team. And I thought they both played really well. Um, I'm going to give my two to the obvious choice, Amy McDonald. Mm-hmm. And I've got to give my, my three, one per goal to Chloe Shear. No worries. Yeah. Uh, Amy McDonald, 20 disposals. Um, does a lot of the grunt work, just five kicks and 15 hand passes and four tackles. Did you see the spin, that turn out of the tackle? No, amazing. on the wing. Oh, pure um, class. She's just uh, Fuck off, Dutch Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Johnny? What have you got? I'm going to go one vote to the old captain, Megatron. I thought yeah. that definitely a one of the better games this year definitely um, led that defense from the front really nicely but didn't have to do all the hard work herself and was able to really watch out for players and just play her role really well but also you know been a captain leading two votes i'm going to give it to um, amy mcdonald just yeah another what what can you say about Amy McDonald that we haven't already said. She's, she's just a freak. <laughs> absolute freak. Um, she's been, yeah. So she, if if um, if you had the opportunity knowing that when she was young that there's this competition that she can play as a professional footballer, she would, not that she isn't already like an absolute mm. superstar, but she could be a, one of the, best players in AFL and, and AFLW combined. Like she's just from uh, just insane with her abilities. And I'm gonna go to same same with the three just close year. Just what a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's a great game, mate. Like, you know, again, not not statistically like apart from the goals all over the shop, but you've got we've got to give the gotta give the the reward to yeah. that. Like it's that that Gandalf coming over the hill of the <laughs> first line of the, of the second day of like the just shining through of like, this can be the one, this can be the thing that, that finally breaks open these floodgates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, she did get nine, nine disposals um, on the day to, to, and a tackle, I think, to go with her three goals. So, you know, she is impacting in other areas as well. I'll tell you what, Amy McDonald, no, no, um, no uh, spoilers. It's not a spoiler to say that she is just 
uh, running away with this award at the moment. Um, I'll give you my votes. Um, okay, so I have gone one vote to Chloe Shear. Um, liked her game, but there were a couple of players who I thought across the entire game um, did enough to get the two and three. But Chloe Shear, yeah, that was a really exciting performance. And I thought coming up clutch in a big spot at the end, you know, uh, maybe last year those chances go begging for a, for a point and instead she nails the goals. Um, I'm going to go two votes for Darcy Maloney. Uh, really have liked the cut of Darcy Maloney's. You have 12 disposals, uh, three marks and a tackle as well. I really, she was drafted by the Cats back in 2020. As I say, really like the cut of Maloney's jib. Feels like a good core player who can be a member of this team for a long time. Uh, I'm going to go three votes for a player who I believe was playing her 25th um, game in the hoops, I, I believe. Um, and that's very nice. That's Maddie McMahon. Um, McMahon had 13 disposals and a team high six marks in defense um, for McMahon. Just as an aside, McMahon, Kerrick and Meg McDonald combined for 38 disposals, nine marks, three tack tackles. And you can add in Chantel Emanson, 15 disposals, one mark, one tackle, one goal. So those speaking of Gandalf riding over the hills at the first light on the seventh day, um, Megatron's really got some reinforcements that have arrived down back. So that's my one, two, and threes, and that leaves the uh, the the table. Amy McDonald, twenty-one votes through four weeks. <laughs> the next closest, Kate Darby with nine, Chloe Shear <laughs> with seven, Prasparkas with six, McMahon five, Carrick and Gunjaka with four, and then players, you know, with threes, twos, and ones um, down the way. So. Uh, absolute. I mean, I don't know how you overhaul Amy McDonald at this point in time. A 12, 12 vote lead, she's polled votes every week. Uh, the only player who's polled votes every week so far. So, great, great stuff for Amy McDonald, who's just an absolute gun. Uh, let's wrap up the episode, chaps, with uh, a check in on the fantasy and the tipping comps. Um, fantasy was interesting this week. Sure. <laughs> a lower scoring um, fantasy week this week. Um, yeah, it was interesting. No one cracked a hundred, uh, which has happened a lot more regularly during the season. In third place uh, this week, Johnny with 66 points had Chantal Emanson top score with 23 fuller, Nabbed 15 and Prasparkas 13. Uh, quieter days for Featherston and Kearns, who got six and nine respectively. So the, the absence of Morrison probably um, docked a few points there. Uh, Sambo in second place with 76 and a half. <laughs> oh, fucking. Oh, who's, the, who's first then? <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to build myself a sound drop here. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sambo, a nice even spread. Ivy had a quiet day, but apart from that, everyone else went over 16 points. You had 19 and a half for Kate Darby, who has been a fantasy sensation this year. Uh, Crockett Grills with 19, Maloney with 18, and Kerrick with 16. Uh, I scored 97 points this week, had uh, Amy McDonald with 28, Becky Webster 27, and Meg McDonald with 21. Didn't start Chloe Shear, started McWilliams. Really wish I'd started Chloe Shear, um, but it, 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 it did not happen. That's the way it goes. So the standings after four weeks, we've got uh, Jake, 4.54. Johnny 360 and a half and Sam 321. Everyone's up over 300. Uh, everyone's starting to sort of the teams are coming together. Still a lot of players out there on the market, chaps. Still a lot of players out there on the market. Looking at Maddie McMahon, if, if we want to just update quickly on the top scorers, Amy McDonald 
top scorer so far this season with 159 points. Becky Webster second with 117. Prasparkas, the rookie, with 91. But then you've got Maddie McMahon, who is currently not rostered on a team with 84 points. You've got Fuller on 79.5, Derby 72, Kerrick 71. Uh, and that's sort of your top seven or so players. So could be some wheelings and dealings out there still. Friswell still not rostered either. Um, so I feel like I feel like we do, I feel like we should do a thing of it. It's either we either do an extra episode or we'll allocate some time after the teams have been listed next week, but on the, on the live show mm-hmm. and we have a little bit of a wheeling and dealing and we, we take stock and cause we've, we've passed the point now. I said, I didn't want to change anything for three weeks. We're well past that. We're, we're past that now. So that's yep. fine. Um, do a reassess, have some, tr- have some trades, have some new drafts. What do you reckon? I'm happy I, with that. I think I that- was going to suggest um, that we should do organize some way to do when are we going to like, get time to rearrange our lists because mm. we don't just want to go through the message i'm going to take this player you yeah, know i think i think we should make a thing of we it yeah to, for sure yeah, we need to make a good big deal of it here's a suggestion here's a suggestion and i add you know i'm just being really gregarious here making this suggestion because you know i'm such a fucking legend like uh no i think a fun thing to do would be at the halfway mark of the season or something make it so that you're allowed to protect say three players or two players on your roster and the rest go back into the pool and you have another mid season draft. So you can protect a couple of players on your list. And apart from that, it's open season again to draft something like that. that. All right. Well, the games this week is Friday night. Interesting. Hopefully I'll be able to do the live show for once, but we'll, all right, we'll, we'll put together the order there. I really like the fantasy thing between the three of us. And I'd really like to do it for the men's season as well. Yes. I think it's fun yes. and adding something Same like system. adding some little sort of wrinkles along the way, like that, like a mid season redraft where you have to, you know, you can only protect so many of your, your roster would, would kind of be fun and add some more skill to it down the track. Um, I'll just, Unless you guys got any more thoughts, I'll I'll just recap the tipping week for everyone. Go to tipping. All right. I feel like not many people had a good week. I know I didn't. Wow. Well, well, well. Um, someone in the group chat right now did have a really good week. Um, the second you? no, no. The second <laughs> oh. the second best week of the uh, of the round. So this is the second best score. Sambo managed to score four. Um, but Ben, nice. beers with Ben, still, he's extended his lead. He's finally separated. So we go, beers with Ben, got five points this week. He's averaging Whoa. 5.3 a week. He's currently up to 21 tips correct through, through four rounds. Ender, the Gaelic Cats, uh, is currently in second place on 18. Ender got three Big Turnsky, just the one correct this week. I reckon would have lost out on the Collingwood one. Uh, oh, he's locked controversy. on controversy. Drama. How does this happen? Uh, he's on. He's on eighteen as well. So Ender and Turnsky on eighteen each. David Vaughan and Sambo locked in a battle for equal third place with sixteen points each. Um, Sambo made up a point of ground on the uh, the great Oklahoman. Sorry. Oh, well, I'm just saying, like, you've got two locked on second, two oh, right. locked on. Right. Yeah. I see. Um, you are separated by your margin. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but you've got to tip one of the games a week yeah. as a margin. And that the closer you get to that, that's your tiebreaker kind of thing across the, the lowest margin across the, the tournament sort of thing. Um, Loz, Foxy, and Johnny Larkin, all close behind, all on 15 each. Um, now what I've done in the, uh, the fantasy, I have not matched it in the tipping. I got two correct <laughs> this week, uh, a total of 13. I'm eight points off the pace, uh, from Ben, um, me and, uh, Jacko Johnson, are tied for the wooden spoon currently with 13 points each. So <laughs> that's where it stands with the chaps tipping after four rounds. Any thoughts, chaps? 
No, I just had a bad week, but yeah. not as bad as Turnsky. Yes, <laughs> and that's unfortunate. <laughs> that is true. That John's is true. trying to recover uh, from the shots fired. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. No. It's, look, it's interesting. I'm going to be very interested to see how the the rest of the uh, yeah. the rest of the year unfolds. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be a race for second place, really. Um, but uh, I'll be happy if I can win that race. I'll take second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris got back into conversation as well. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the show. We'll be back with you Good on work. Friday. Good episode, chat. I only went two minutes over, Jake. You said you wanted to be done by nine. Oh, it's three past. We went three minutes over. That's oh, all right. Jesus. We cracked it. We did have technical issues at the start when my internet dropped out. Um, so we'll be back Friday night with a live show um, or at the very least a pre-record. That's what we're going to do. If we can't all make a live show work, um, you know, for whatever reason or enough of us can't make a live show work, we'll do a pre-record and still put a video show up for you on Facebook, etc. Go and like us on Twitter. We want your likes. Go Please. follow us. The Chaps Chat Cats on Twitter. The Chaps Chat Cats on Facebook. The Chaps Chat Cats on Instagram. Email us. The Chaps Chat Cats at gmail.com. John, have you still got a book there? Yeah, somewhere. All right. John's still got the book, Comeback by James Button, um, about the Brand history of the Geelong Cats. We need to get to 10. Um, Apple Podcast reviews. So go on Apple Podcasts. What you need to do is give us a five-star rating. I think we're on seven still. Give us a five-star uh-huh. rating. Give us a written review that includes your name so that I can see who's who's given us reviews and then you'll go in the draw to win the book by James Button called Comeback. We'll even post it to Ireland if you win it, Ender. We'll even front yep. that postage bill. Until next time. Go, go Cats! Guess.